everybody, and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate, and today I'm joined by guest host, James and Fergus. It's a lovely, lovely, I say lovely one more time, grey day here again in the UK. Seems the temperature has dropped a little bit, and it's definitely, you could definitely tell it there. I've, I know a lot of people, including myself, who are very tired just when the temperature dropped, to say the least. And I know some people on this podcast, as well as me, have not been great over that period. Uh, so let's uh, hop over to initially Fergus. How how you been, man? Uh, I'm good now. I've spent the last week ill in bed watching Netflix. So I'm definitely caught up with all the shows now. <laughs> you say that and then like 30 more is going to drop like yeah. in a week's time. It's it's ridiculous. Have you watched uh, Moon Knight yet? No. No, not yet. But I am up to date with uh, Space Force uh, Pentanerates. I'm not oh sure God, if I'm saying yeah. that right. Mike Myers' new thing. How is Got... that? Like someone okay. gave Mike Myers a bunch of money in no direction and Mike Myers spewed all Mike Myers' jokes for six episodes without any real direction. It kind of sounds like what I expected, to be honest. And it's a shame. I heard there's a, I heard there's a special cameo in that movie as well, from a certain green fellow, which no one expected. Oh, that is funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Moon Knight, dude. It's, uh, it's finished now. It's, uh, very fucking confusing, right until the end. Awesome, not connected to the MCU. So if people out there haven't seen Moon Knight yet and don't know what it is, you don't have to see, like, all the 25 movies and six different TV shows beforehand. Uh, but hopping over to our other host, though, uh, James, how, how, how about yourself, man? Yeah, I've been doing good, thanks. Um, I have seen Moon Knight. It is really good, so I will second that. Um, and the other thing I've been watching at the moment is Undone Season 2, which is on Amazon Prime. It's by uh, it's played by Raphael Waxberg. The guy who did Bojack Horseman. Uh, it's, it's not a comedy. It's more of a... Uh, more of a drama. It's an animation again, uh, very more kind of realistic animation. Uh, it's the second season's a lot, a lot better than the, I, I, I like the first season, but it didn't hurt. Hasn't, didn't didn't hurt me as much as the second season is. I've still got two episodes left, but uh, it's been really really good. So I highly recommend that. That's undone. Nice, excellent. That is awesome. Well, myself, uh, I've been um, playing tons of video games. Uh, I've been playing. Vampire Survivors, because another podcast got me hooked onto that, and Jesus Christ, it's the best £2 I've ever spent. I n- I've now probably got about 29, 30 hours in that game, and it's got like a 99%, like, with 90,000 reviews on Steam. It's it's a um, it's an action roguelike game, and it's developed by indie developer uh, Ponco, I want to say, Ponsel. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, um, it's just so good. It's literally a one-stick shooter. You... You upgrade your characters you go through, and you just got to survive for like maybe 15 minutes, one map of fame, and it's an adventure. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, I've also been playing Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, the new P- the new PS5 game. I believe it's only PS5 on Windows. Um, it's created by Tango Gameworks and published by Bethesda. It's a uh, action adventure game, uh, first person perspective, and you have uh, psychic paranormal abilities, uh, defeating ghosts and spirits haunting Tokyo. It's uh, very interesting after watching Do- oh, after watching Doctor Strange, we'll get onto that in a minute, uh, doing a lot of hand gestures and freeing a lot of spirits and fighting a lot of uh, different creatures within that. And uh, spirits is really pretty good And because it, it's on discount at the moment on the PlayStation Store. I got it for like 35, 36 quids, uh, down from 60. So that was, a, that was a pretty good bargain. Outside of that, uh, I pretty much um, did a bit of partying at the weekend, got my, got my karaoke on for... Uh, which I've been wanting to do for three years now. With uh, the COVID restrictions, I've sort of avoided doing uh, karaoke, but that was uh, extremely fun to do. Uh, knackered on Saturday, I was like, oh, my feet really hurt. I've done like 1,500 steps. There wasn't much, but tons of walking the day before. So I decided to go do 10 kilometers walking on the Saturday just because, you know, I decided to go into town, you know, get that... Get this, get the social aspect of the world, so I could go home and play video games and not interact with the world anymore. And uh, finally, um, myself and James and a few other people went to go watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We will be doing a, uh, we will be doing a spoiler uh, review for that, a spoiler discussion for that movie because 
it really does need it. Unfortunately, I had a lot of that movie spoiled for me ahead of time. Literally, mostly every cameo and thing in that movie. It's ve- It's definitely not for little kids. But yeah, it's a brilliant film. We will discuss that further later. So, obviously, you know, as with the podcast, we usually uh, do um, discussions, topics and everything. And last week, we actually got into something a bit different after the news. We did our first quiz, which was Jordan's quotable quiz. And that went down a treat. Uh, Jordan definitely needs to recalibrate those quotes because, Jesus Christ, some of them were hard. And also, I feel like I need to give in my geek card for not being able to get the lord of the rings one or the marvel one especially since i watched uh, lord of the rings two weeks before but we are going back to the topics this week people so after the news section which we'll be doing in a second we will be discussing is streaming gonna replace cinema now we probably won't be having a massive long discussion on it this week but it's a nice little discussion because it seems at the moment of all the high profile content coming out on streaming services is cinema going to die out? Because obviously, you know, COVID has also affected a lot of how people watch content these days. And with a lot of subscription services now having a lot of issues, how's that going to work? But going from that, though, and rolling straight into the initial news section, have you guys seen the Avatar, the Way of the Water trailer? Yes. I didn't see the news Mercer trailer. Yes, because James has not seen the first Avatar movie. So it was like, what the fuck am I? I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And no, uh, I just think it, I, 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 I just think it's a it's a film about um, about blue men. It's it's Smurfs. Yeah, I mean, kind of is. I mean, it's uh. So me and James saw it ahead of uh, the trailer release because they actually showed it uh, primarily in front of the Doctor Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse versus Madness movie. Uh, so obviously James Cameron is returning for this film and he's directing Avatar two three four and five i believe he's filmed um avatar two and three consecutively and then three and four will come later and this is set like x amount of time after it's set more than a decade after the previous movie which is kind of good because this film is coming out more way more than a decade after the previous movie did um and i'm be interested to see how this will film will do with 3d again so i'm wondering if it will be bring back the whole 3d aspect to cinemas Obviously, we've got the uh, returning of Sam Worthington as Zoe Saldana, as, um, as the uh, Jake Sully and uh, Natia, Natiri, I want to say. And obviously, um, we've got other people joining, such as Kate Winslet, uh, Cliff Curtis, um, Scotty Weaver is uh, returning, supposedly, and Steve Lang, which is going to be an interesting one. Also, it's been rumored that Vin Diesel is going to be in the movie as well. So that'll be uh, interesting to say, because, you know, it's all about family. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be awesome. Now, I'm just wondering, wondering how this film's going to go, because don't get me wrong, the film looked amazing. You know, the, the, the CGI looked incredible. Good. But I've, from the trailer, I couldn't really tell where the action or drama was really going to be. Like, they might be peacefully co-inhabiting with some humans and one of them's pregnant, maybe? Then water's a big thing here. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it seems that, because uh, I'm just looking at the wiki now, and there's, like, you know, these, uh, they have children now, and it's really interesting to see how this is going to go. And it does seem, it does seem like this trailer is more of a visual, a visual piece to, to show the return of the world. And it's interesting because they did motion capture the water for this film, I believe. Again, I think we discussed that in the previous podcast. And the water, to be fair, does look really good on the characters. You know, see the CGI water. Is, it, look, it looks amazing. And it, it can be quite hard to do uh, liquid dynamics in uh, films, to be honest. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I believe it comes out December 16th, because I believe Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, moved its film. Now, I'm actually looking more forward to Shazam 2, to be honest, because I really enjoyed the first one. It's essentially big with superpowers, and I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi. And Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are going to be the uh, bad guys in that film which would be really interesting to see. But yes, moving on to our next move, uh, movie topic, people. It seems we are... Oh, we're sw- sorry, we are switching from movie to TV now. They released the next teaser for the House of the Dragon TV series. Obviously, this is a prequel series set before Game of Thrones, and it's, set, and it's based on the George R.R. R. Martin novel Fire and Blood. It's set 200 years before Game of Thrones, but I believe it's two and 300 years before, and it's it, all the events leading up to the Targaryen Civil War down to the dragons obviously it's starring um matt smith olivia cook uh reese iphons paddy considine 
looking at this trailer, it seems to have a much more like Game of Thrones had a much more realistic take on it. Um, it's world, I, I would say, even though there were dragons and everything. But this seems to have more of a more of a more of a more fantasy, fantastical take, which I'm quite intrigued by. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer. Yeah, I just watched the trailer just before we came uh, on air, I guess you'd call it. Um, firstly, it seems a bit strange to be attempting to prequel reboot Game of Thrones, considering how badly the last series was taken by people. Um, I suspect people were somewhat burnt out on. Yeah, and of course, people know, and yeah, and people know how it ends. It just feels a bit of a weird note to hit just the series in general i do agree about the fantasy thing because it is you know you're taking it from lord of the ring visual cues it is you know blonde elves sort of aesthetic there and dragons so you know why not i mm, seems a bit of a weird one to me but i um... just uh i don't know how like i'm interested because Dragon, dragon in the sky battles. I'm actually quite intrigued by that because you know will involve that. I'm, I'm presuming. Um, I'm just wondering if they've learned their lessons from Game of Thrones because I remember watching that with a group of us in that final season, and it seemed to be going well at the start. But then, as soon as that final battle with the White Walkers happened, I was just, I was done at that point because it, it just, it just had so many issues going on. Going on from that, they're like you know. I know that I know the original showrunners are not coming back for this. It was it's uh, going by the wiki here. It's created by Ryan J. Condal and George R. R. Martin, obviously. And um, but Ra- Ramin uh, uh, Jawandi, I can't pronounce his uh, surname correctly. Apologies. He is coming back to score it. I will say the Game of Thrones score has always been amazing. But going by the show, though, I'm, obviously I'm a big fan of Matt Smith, and I'm just wondering how this is going to go, to be honest, because. Yeah, the fan- maybe the fantasy-, fantasy element does help. Maybe it would be best if they don't try and make this go for seven, eight seasons. Maybe just how some shows have a set limit of like four seasons and they just get in and get out and just get done. And maybe that's the best way to go about it, to have a beginning and an end in sight because it seems the previous Game of Thrones series didn't have that in mind or because they-, they didn't have any books to continue onwards off of. They just went in their own direction. But obviously, this is based on an entire book, and I'm guessing we know exactly where the book goes. So maybe they have a better like idea of where they're going. But I'm re- I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It is coming out August 21st, which is just before the Lord of the Rings uh, TV show, Ring- the Rings of Power. So uh, two, three weeks before, so that'll be really interesting to see. My prediction is the Game of Thrones prequel series will disappear without a trace if they're competing against Lord of the Rings there. I don't know. It's HBO though, and HBO yeah. does does very well. And uh, we'll, but we'll see how it goes. And you know, the budget for this may be a lot less than Lord of the Rings. I mean, we haven't truly seen how the Lord of the Rings show is going to look yet. But it's almost five hundred million dollar budget. You know, we we don't know how it's going to go. And it could be Amazon's big gamble. It could go the opposite direction. Amazon could, you know, just lose interest in that. But we'll see. Um, I'm definitely. I think. Out of the shows, the Lord of the Rings, I'm definitely looking forward to more. Like, you just hear Lord of the Rings and you automatically just want to see what is coming from that, to be honest. Yeah. But shifting over to our next news item, though, uh, the Obi-Wan trailer, which was uh, those people know how to do a good tease. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think I'm, I'm actually considering we do like a, a special for the Obi-Wan first two episodes to get released because that teaser trailer, Jesus. It was very good, in my opinion. I love the fact that they've not shown him using the lightsaber. They've showed two seconds of Vader, not all of him, literally putting him together, which I think is interesting. And I love the fact that like people like Kamel Nanjiani are in this, and we don't know who they're playing, and like all the other people in this. I love the fact that Joel Edgerton basically just creates a bigger burn than Anakin getting burned on Mustafar does by, you know, the whole... Like, are you trained to his father? Like, and I don't know. How how, how are you guys with this? I know James is not a big Star Wars fan, sir, but Fergus more, so. But still, still extremely very much looking forward to the series. Um, it's, I guess, the new trailer's added to the hype. Yeah, very excited. Um, probably one of the best up-and-coming Star Wars series. 
I know that's controversial with Mandalorian in the mix, but I, I'm looking forward to, to this a lot more than Mandalorian. I know people were very iffy with the second season of Mandalorian after the first season. I, I still quite enjoyed it, to be honest. And it's, I know they do have a plan of their building up to a final event, I believe, reading. Like, there are all the shows, like, post, like, Return of the Jedi, Mandalorian, and Ahsoka, which we'll go on to in a second, will be building into a final event, supposedly. Uh, that's why I've read. Uh, just going by this though, I love the fact that they've only given us like a one minute 20 and a one minute 40 trailer and they know how to use their music in their trailers because it's automatically cheating as soon as you put Battle of the Heroes and Dawn of the Fates in there. It's like mm. everyone gets hyped up as soon as that comes on. I know a lot of people have said it'll be really interesting if Obi-Wan doesn't use his lightsaber for most of the show because he is in hiding. So it's like, you know, he's not going to be wanting to be brandishing a flashy sword around as he's uh, as he's hiding from the baddest mofo in the galaxy i guess and also it seems there might be a connection to the fallen order series game series which i think is really interesting how that you know video games are now tying into the law like direct visually directing you know coming into the law and i'm hoping for a certain appearance by a certain cal Kestis. i don't think it will happen yeah, and I, I'm just really looking forward to getting... My main hope for this is Hayden Christensen, because obviously he's coming back for this, but he's also getting on to the next news item, which is the Ahsoka series has actually gone into production now and actually linking to Obi-Wan. Um, it's said that uh, Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Ahsoka TV series as Anakin Skywalker in that. Uh, so that's officially gone into production now. Uh, only three cast members have been officially announced with their roles. So that's obviously Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader, and Natasha Liu Bordizio as Sabine Wren, who I'm very excited by. Also, Ivana Sarkno and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are in the show uh, in undisclosed roles, as well as Ray Stevenson has been cast as a villainous admiral. I'm just, I don't know if you guys have seen Star Wars Rebels. Um because I believe it's going to link heavily into where this is going. It's a very big, great property. And obviously, this is a spin-off from The Mandalorian. I'm just... This is the one I'm most intrigued by. It has been written by Dave Filoni, because obviously this is Dave Filoni's creation from the... You know, Circle Tunnel was created by Dave Filoni for, back in the Clone Wars days. So it's nice to see this come to full fruition. Uh, and yeah, it's just going to production. We don't know much else at the moment, but... I'm presuming we may get like a a teaser trailer probably near Christmas or October time, probably around that time. Maybe maybe we'll start getting some official cast images when Star Wars Celebration happens in a few weeks. So maybe we'll start getting some maybe like initial behind the scenes like shots and everything. So yeah, moving on to our other our final TV news items though. Open the phone box, people. Our 14th Doctor has been announced for the Doctor Who series. And uh, I had to look up his name. His name is Shuti Gatwa. He is a Rwandan Scottish actor and he is taking over from Jodie Whittaker for the, fort for the role of the 14th Doctor. He will be the first male black actor playing the lead, the lead in the series. He's not the first black actor. Uh, black actor actress in the role for that was uh by another character unfortunately i don't have her name right now um if i just bring that up now i don't want to get away from that because i think it's rude if i don't so yes uh, basically joe martin uh who played the fort fugitive doctor uh appeared in the tv series but uh shooty gatwa is actually taking on for a recurring role as the 14th doctor he'll be making his uh first like series appearance properly uh, it'll most likely be this christmas with the, obviously the reincarnation special early next year i kind of dropped off doctor who to be honest but i know um someone's someone's coming back for this i don't know if you guys have any more information oh so that's it russell russell t davis is coming back for the 14th series and uh it'll be really interesting i believe they're with because obviously it's getting very popular in america now uh doctor who how this goes. I'm wondering how, if they're going to change it up quite a bit with the show going forwards. Because uh, obviously they do try and change it up a bit each uh, each Doctor, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm very, I've heard he's very good in the TV show Sex Education. I've never seen the show, to be honest. I've, I've heard it's very good. Um, it's a Netflix TV show. But yeah, congratulations to Shuti Gatwa. Uh, we all look forward to seeing what you do. 
shifting into the games now, though. So, fellas, fancy going to the IMAX Cinema for the Summer Games Fest on June 9th? Because it seems that Jeff Keighley has announced that Summer Games Fest for the opener will be... Uh, you'll be able to watch it at IMAX across uh, the US, UK and Canada, which I'm very excited by. Hmm. It does seem interesting. Um... I say is the the hype for things like the Oscars diminishes is the hype for things like uh Game Fest increasing I as it would it's never occurred to me to go to a cinema to watch an event like this I have to say I mean this will definitely be coming into a conversation for streaming and cinema because I think this is actually a good talking point but yeah I think with video games because I think in the last few years video games have really taken the forefront of like streaming and video games have really helped a lot of people in the last couple of years because obviously a lot of people couldn't go to the cinema but I mean I just remember watching all these events and the you know being together with friends back in the day watching E3 around houses and like seeing all the game announcements but imagine being in a cinema with like 400 500 people all you know, want, wanting these big reveals from like, it's supposedly it will feature announcements from 2K, Activision, Capcom, Electronic Arts, Gearbox, mm. Bandai Namco, Square Enix, Riot, and others. So imagine 500 people just go, I've never been in a situation like that, just the roar and cheer and, well, apart from Avengers Endgame, uh, but not from a video game perspective. It'll be really interesting to see, to be honest. Yeah, and you will be paying to watch trailers. True material, but it like, depends on how it depends on the price though, because they're probably not going to charge you seventeen quid. Because obviously, you know, it probably might be like eight, ten pounds, which I'd be fine with to be honest, because it's the experience I'm paying for. You know, it's you know two and a half hours of show, um, you know, all that and everything, and just the experience. I, 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 I and also it's a one-off thing as well. You know, mm. it's it's just a bit more than a pint down the pub. Yeah. I, I feel sceptical towards it, I have to say. I say that we'll cover this later, but even the event stuff at cinemas are things like, you know, the opera or the ballet or live streams of theatre, which are, you know, self-contained content that you pay for. Like, I'm I'm all up for streaming things like E3 and Games Fest and what have you, but you it, it is to get an idea of what the new games are and it is marketing material from their point of view. It's the idea of paying what will probably be a cinema ticket, half a cinema ticket, for literally just the cinema equivalent of the trailers before the film. Seems a bit of a weird concept, if I'm honest. Fair. I totally get that. We'll probably get into that a little bit as well. Going on to our final news items, though. Uh, we are getting a new Nintendo Indie World showcase tomorrow. So always bloody happens when we record these shows. Sometimes we delay them sometimes just so we can see what was going to happen. We actually delayed. We wanted to delay last week's episode because of the Obi-Wan trailer. But unfortunately, we couldn't record last week. So we uh, will get I guess we'll, we will discuss the Nintendo uh, Indie World Direct next week. It'll be really interesting to see what's actually coming up. Uh, I'm wondering when Nintendo are finally going to announce their next Switch because um, it has to be this year. I think they have to announce the new Switch this year. I'm just looking forward to see what they do. Obviously, Nintendo are extremely, extremely creative in what sort of uh, new games they actually release into the world. Uh, I'd actually like that Vampire Survivors on the Nintendo Switch. I think it'd be the better, great platform as well as mobile. But yeah, no, uh, it's happening at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, Pacific time and 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. So I believe that's like 5 p.m. UK time. So uh, that'd be uh, good to see tomorrow, people. You can check that on, obviously, YouTube and probably on Nintendo's Twitch page or uh, wherever they're streaming it. Just go to Nintendo of America Twitter and see the uh, see the link there to watch it. Going on to our final news items, though, which are linked was the Gotham Knights video game, which is coming out this year, which I'm extremely excited for. It's a um, upcoming action, action role-playing game from uh, WB Games Montreal, who did the Arkham Origins game, uh, and published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. It has finally got a release date, which was announced a little while ago for October 25th this year. Very excited. Week after my birthday. A little hint, hint. Uh, it's it's set after the events of Batman and Jim Gordon dying in the game, and it follows uh, the Bat family, Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood, as who are tasked with this is off the Wikipedia page, 
who were tasked with restoring justice to Gotham City during a period of decline in the immediate aftermath of Batman's death. One of investigated Batman's mysterious disappearance, the heroes come into conflict with the Court of Owls, a secret society that is, that is as old as Gotham itself, and their legion of brainwashed assassins called Talons. Now, I know James is ex uh, excited for the idea of the Court of Owls because they're, there's actually someone we discussed in our Batman episode, which we think we should really happen. But going by um, the news, though, today... Unfortunately, people on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One will not be able to play this game. It's starting to happen now, people. They're not going to start... I think this is the start of the decline of the cross-gen video games because it does take up a lot of resources to actually port these games to older, you know. It, it has limitations to it as well. And I feel, even though this is still being developed for Unreal Engine 4, uh, I do think pulling their resourcing onto the Windows, PC... PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. I think it's the best direction to go, to be honest. Um, that was also announced. Also, it is a two-player cooperative multiplayer game, but you can play a single player. I'd be really interested to see how they do that, and it is an open-world game. Finishing off, though, they actually gave us game, a gameplay demo for the actual show, for the actual game itself. I don't know if you guys have seen the gameplay footage. No. It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it definitely has a combo. You could definitely have combo mechanics with the AI that's with you. I don't know if they have a AI that which you actually work with you in the game as you're going through, or it's just another player will show up as you go through. But the combat seems pretty good. Um, I think I'm definitely going to need to see more because they showed us basically a rooftop fight, which unlike Batman, where you could take on 25, 30 different people at once, this was like four people on a rooftop you got to see the different uh combat styles between dick grayson uh nightwing and red hood jason todd so obviously nightwing is more agility based and jason todd is more gun heavy like tank based essentially and then you saw them go into an underground section for the court of owls it's a 12 30 minute trailer gameplay gameplay demo trailer on youtube you could go watch that people it's in 4k as well so get all that those lovely lovely pixels uh it's i really like the look of it i just i think i need to see more i would have actually preferred to see maybe a, f a three four minute segment from each character because uh obviously it's four different characters in the game i'd like to have seen more on more on the story maybe more of how the uh upgrade system works i know they've shown us uh, the uh, the belfry the bell tower essentially where the, the belfry where the um characters will be during the daytime so you can upgrade your costumes which is an interesting idea uh, but yeah, I just I think I need to see more first before I feel about this. I'm obviously I'm going to play it because it's a, it's a bloody Batman game, and uh, I loved all the other previous Batman games. But I just do need to see more, to be honest. But that was the news, people. That was the news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler Frank, codename Majestic Vole, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Right, we are now going on to the main topic, the main topic indeed, which is, is streaming going to replace cinema now obviously this is an interesting conversation because you can my initial thoughts are you can actually break cinema down into various different areas same as streaming in itself i'm actually in the camp of yes and no so i think some aspects some films will not be just shown in the cinema they'll probably die out of the cinema other films i think they will i also think there is a cultural aspect to the cinema which will stay but I also think the pandemic and how properties are now shifting over to TV and the budgets for TV shows now is just getting ridiculous. Like, as I, said, as I said in the previous segment, the Lord of the Rings TV show is almost $500 million. You don't put that... Imagine that 10 years ago on a TV show. That would have been ridiculous. Yeah. So what are your guys' initial thoughts? So, personally, personally, I don't want streaming to replace cinema. Because I like I like the experience of being a guide with cinema. I think it's a great social aspect, and it's um, it's a unique experience watching a film in the cinema, which you don't get uh, from home, unless you're you know, got ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, 
So I, I definitely don't want to see that happen. But I am kind of in your camp a little bit of a yes and no, Nathan, because there is, as you say, a, a bit of a move more towards streaming. There's also been a reduction in how long it takes for, for, for some films to go from cinema to streaming afterwards. So what we might get in a situation, is getting the end, a situation where um, cinema remains, but you've got this much shorter lag between um, it going on cinema and it going on streaming services. Now, the concern there, obviously, is lower viewership in terms of people watching it in the cinema. So there's, I think whatever happens, we probably are on a trajectory where there's going to be uh, some impact on... On, on cinemas, maybe a reduction in the amounts of them. It's an interesting one, really. Like, during COVID, I was doing a lot of streaming, but there is a cinema near me that is quite nice. It's got good seats. It, you get, like, table service. They'll bring you drinks and food. And it was a good excuse to leave the house. They were showing things that weren't currently on streaming services. So... I think there probably is a space for cinemas. I do doubt that 25 screen pack them in multiplex cinemas that only show Trolls 2 is probably not going to be around that much longer. Yeah, no, I, I, I do get that. I think you actually hit the nail on the head in one part of that. I think... My first starting point is I think cinema is mainly going to be for the big events. That would be one of the big things. So I think that your Marvels, your Star Wars, your your big Holly, your big Hollywood blockbusters. Like I think films from like people like Michael Bay and Roland Emmerich, they will shift more to the streaming services as as we've seen with Moonfall and Six Underground and you know the, these have gone to streaming services. Amb- uh, I, I believe Ambulance was cinema. I believe. But yeah, I, I do think these will shift to streaming services more. But I think in regards to like your Marvel properties, which even so, is streaming as well. It, I think your 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 mega events such as like your your titular characters such as Doctor Strange or your Spider Mans or your um, Black Widows or even but for characters such as like we you know we had the we had the introduction of like Falcon Winter Soldier as Falcon becoming Captain America. In the TV show, we had One Division, which was this big thing. Which, by the way, people, you need to see One Division if you're going to watch Doctor Strange in the, multi- in the Multiverse of Madness. That that was on that was on Disney Plus, and I do think like just the big like End Game events and the big Star Wars events will be the reason people still go to the cinema. Now, saying that, I do think there'll be a difference between mega cinema screenings and indie cinema screenings. Because I do think you're still going to get your Wes Andersons, your um, your A24 films, your 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 lower budget, but very good films still at this at the cinema still. But they're not going to be to the level. They're not going to be like pushing out screenings as much. Because I know there's been a uh, talk of like um, Multiverse of Man in the Multiverse of Man is coming out going up against uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and ironically both multiverse films, but. Obviously, Doctor Strange is getting a lot more screens available for that film compared to the A24 movie. Now, I know I, I, I'm actually in both camps there. I understand the situation because a lot of people want to see the film and be, avoid spoilers. But I've been waiting to see um, more, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once for quite a while. And finally being able to see it is, has the availability there. So it's just a case of thinking, are we going to have maybe a split in cinema? Like, we'll have your your Cineworlds and your Odeons maybe f- collapsing as well and just becoming one major chain cinema. And then you'll have your independent cinemas, which, you know, you do have still. And I think that's probably, that's my perspective for when it's going to go. My initial thoughts. I'd say I'm quite conscious of uh, cinemas pretty unique in the fact that you all get together in a physical space to watch something, which doesn't happen in our lives in our living rooms that much anymore like even like families getting around to watch that one show at tea time doesn't happen every everyone's split off and watching their various shows on their various screens on their various streaming services even within the same house um i don't know if you're with a lot of cinemas have things like uh sound of music sing-alongs 
or Rocky Horror Picture Show sing-along, so this sort of thing. So I think, yeah, I again, for, it has it has a place for things like where a community wants to get together and laugh at the same jokes and sing along to the sound of music. It would be a shame if it descends to purely sing-along Rocky Horror Picture Show, but <laughs> it, yeah, it's a fairly unique experience, and so doing away with it would be a massive detriment culturally to us all, I think. Going, uh, going off of that point, actually, folks, we actually discussed it in our new segment very briefly. Events. Events could be, become a big part of cinema culture, like, you know, people getting together. And because I know a lot of cinemas are hosting more uh, Broadway, of, uh, West End performances in cinemas now. Like, they're, you know, they're showing these performances in cinemas, maybe like smaller cinemas. But you have your, your single lines like The Great Showman and Rocky Horror Picture Show and all these different events. And I just had an email today about a Moana sing-along, <laughs> a £5 Moana sing-along. And I do think... I do think like that is an aspect of it as well because I do think culturally people will still want to go to the cinema, like date nights. People because you know if you're going on a date night, you don't usually just go to the cinema. You have you know a nice meal or maybe go to one of those multiplexes where like you know it's bowling or like you know arcades and you know you'll you'll make an evening out of it essentially, and the cinema will be part of that. But I do think like it's the major events which actually will tie around that quite a bit either events in the sense of big films or like sellers, you know, events where communities get together and do something specific. I think that's probably where cinema's going to go in, in, in all honesty. Cause I also don't think we're going to have a view cinema an Odeon cinema and a cinema world cinema in like 10, 20 years time. I think it'll just be a made one major chain possibly. And we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes from that. So I mean, just to so kind of like go off a little bit of a tangent, but still related. So you've got like directors like Chris Nolan who expressed his desire in the past you know, to he designs all his stuff for the cinematic uh, experience. He's very much like against you know uh, he'd be against like all, all the streaming stuff. I'm kind of like from like a creativity point of view. Do you think it would have a um, a negative impact on the kind of films that get made if uh, cinema was to go? Yes and no because at the end of the day. I'm going to be honest with you, TV screens are getting bigger and cheaper. Like, you know, a 65-inch 4K TV 10 years ago would cost thousands of pounds and now it could cost about 300, 400 quid. You know, it's, it's you know, and, you know, eventually 80-inch screens could be cheaper. And that that's that that is a cinema screen in itself, pretty much. And, you know, I think this is where I come in the effect of, like, you know, the, the big films, like the Nolan films. Because to be honest with you, you know, Tenet, you know, I haven't seen Tenet myself, but I know films like Dune, well, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I didn't see that at the cinema, and I heard that I actually missed out there. I believe you, you actually, you were actually one of the ones that said things. I definitely missed out there, to be honest, with with, uh, with Dune. Uh, even I managed to miss Dune in the cinema. I had to stream it afterwards. Um, but everyone has said that it has been very, very um, mixed for a very, very big multi-million pound sound system and if you're not listening to it on billion pound speakers you might as well be you know watching the sahara desert through a window or something <laughs> like but yeah uh, i definitely agree james like you know because obviously we have the imax formatting in regards to a lot of films but they are putting imax formatting on disney plus now and like they are showing you the you know those films in that regard and i do think you know certain films people will still want to see them at the cinema. Like, you know, that's the thing. We will still have those big films from, from the Nolans, from the Villeneuve's, v- v- uh, you know, all, all the big properties. They'll still go to the cinema, but I don't think it'll be a case of they'll be, uh, they'll be everywhere as they are now. But I think a lot, more, a lot more properties are actually going to be ported to streaming more. So this actually goes into another part of the conversation as we were talking about, like... Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, all all these streaming services are coming about now. It's it's becoming the streaming wars essentially. Netflix is having to pull out more now compared to other streaming services as well, because obviously they recently had a a news article about, you know, subscriber loss and they're gonna be bringing in password crackdown sharing and which I think yeah. um I definitely think they definitely need to have student accounts if they're gonna do that for for, for Netflix users, if they're gonna do that. 
because there's discussions, I believe, that the recent Stranger Things series, each episode is about $30 million an episode, which is ludicrous money for a, for a TV show. I'm wondering if a lot of that is salaries as well, because there are a lot of actors in that show, or if it's the visual effects. But you have all these streaming services coming in now, doing all these big property announcements. You have Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, so I think probably... I'd say Westworld was, but I think Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Friends was the one that made TV go, oh no, this this can be done on TV now. Like, you know, you, you can have these big, epic shows on TV. You had your big narrative shows, such as Breaking Bad and other shows like that on TV, but HBO came in and went, here's Game of Friends, this is how it's done now. And now Disney Plus has come in with its Marvel TV shows, and just laid the groundwork there as well, because people are having to watch Marvel TV shows now to understand the films, which is ludicrous in itself. Like, you know, having to watch, you know, nine episodes of one TV show and eight episodes of another. But I think... Yeah, no, I definitely suffer from this one myself. Um, If you're not... it's Because the subscriber base for the... Well, right. So there are a lot of subscription services. Not everyone can be subscribed to all of them. If all films that go, come out of the cinema uh, require you to have, have seen a TV series to enjoy it, so say Mandalorian for the latest Star Wars, or you're only getting people who already subscribe to your service to go to the cinema to watch your film. And at that stage, uh, the studio is going to go well, why are we bothering paying for the cinema release when we've already got all the people who are going to watch this film in any way, unless they're using the movie as a marketing tool to get people to subscribe. But if the film's so obscured by the fact you haven't seen the TV series, yeah, you've got to bear in mind, like, studio incentive, especially when we're getting really crossover. Like, there are entire film franchises that I am going to struggle continuing with because i don't subscribe to the right service which is sad yeah no i totally get that and also like at the end of the day when it comes to um streaming services we do have a ton to choose from now granted not as much in the uk because obviously we're still waiting for hbo max which we're probably not getting until 2025 we're finally getting paramount plus on the june the 22nd you know we we are slowly getting these streaming services because obviously Paramount has all its Star Trek shows and now it has the Halo TV show, you know, Transformers films and everything. Now, I've heard Halo is pretty good for what it is, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll, fi- we'll find out. Uh, but Disney Plus um, is, is obviously, you know, the biggest content in regards to pushing these properties onto people wanting to have that comparison between film at cinema and TV shows at home because, you know, watching Moon Knight uh, at home, I, that could have been done as a two-hour film at the cinema. But also, I think a lot of people prefer home now because it gives people time to breathe. You can take bathroom breaks, you know, because, you know, when the when the Snyder Cut came out and you could watch that at home and the fact that that film, that film is four hours long. You know, I couldn't do that at the cinema. Like Batman was the, the Batman was hard enough for three hours and I had to go to the toilet twice. You know, being up, that's another thing, like, you know, being able to watch films at home now which is much easier, I think is better for a lot of people because it's, you know, it's more cost effective as well because think about going to the cinema, £15 a ticket, all mm. the confectionery that goes with it, you know, whereas you pay 20 quid to rent a movie at home, which you can do, like, if they do that service, everyone gets together and watches on a big TV and Bob's your uncle, all, all was done. And James actually hit on a point earlier, the fact that if you don't want to go to the cinema... You could just wait 45 days and it'll be on streaming to, you know, rent and purchasing, you know, to do that way. Now, for myself, I want to avoid the spoilers. So it's a case of, you know, that's another thing as well. A lot of people don't want to be spoiled by these films. So that's where they go to the cinema. Mm. What you're saying, Nate, is that there is conspiracy, but it is a cinema change who are pumping up spoilers to try and get people to go to the cinema. You heard it here first, folks. I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, no, it's just, um, I, I just think with like properties like Stranger Things and, you know, The Mandalorian and Game of Thrones, you know, the, these, these are big budget shows that would never work on the cinema, in my opinion. They could, 
but they'd be heavily diluting the narrative. And that's what people want nowadays. They want to be engrossed by longer, longer form stories. I think a lot of people do. I think people want to enjoy their, you know, each week or, you know, sitting down and binging a show like The Witcher as well. You know, that that's a big thing coming out. And I, I do just think like, there's so much within this conversation, to be honest, but I, I, I just generally think that streaming will partially take over in some regard for a lot of a lot of properties like a lot of big properties will go to like the witch could have gone to the cinema you know um cobra kai the netflix show could have gone to the cinema as a three-part movie you know but they decided on the tv also a lot of creators don't want to be condensed to a two-hour narrative they want for their time for their shows to breathe and sometimes having the same budget as a movie on the screen, but having longer time to breathe on a sh- on a on a streaming service helps. Um, I agree. Uh, there are definitely a lot of films that would have done better as, say, twelve episode TV series, and having that money available is good. Whether that will last, judging by how Netflix is currently acting, and it's a very large debt pile, at the moment it has been seen as free money primarily from netflix by filmmakers i am aware of quite a lot of um jokes from award ceremonies for things like indie like indie hollywood award ceremonies a lot of jokes like oh it's bob from netflix go get all of your cash now he'll green light anything and this is from what 2015 16 17 maybe so this has generally been the attitude so far whether it will continue like this because a lot more competition, a lot more higher quality content being pumped out. Who will survive? Who won't? What models will work? Um, I know there's also been a lot of research done into enjoyability of, say, binging. Yeah, I get that. I mean, because obviously we have um, we have Netflix's model of all at once. Not all shows, though. They do some shows do come week to week, but that's mainly because they're starting from another country. Yeah. Also coming from another country, more likely, whereas your big properties like The Witcher and Stranger Things will still be all at once. And then you have your Disney Plus shows, um, which come out weekly. You have your, uh, you know, your DC shows, which come out weekly. Um, Amazon, T- Apple TV do, I believe, some of their shows all at once, I want to say, or at least um, a couple of them. But most of them are weekly as well. So it seems that Netflix, maybe Amazon Prime as well um to a degree release most of their shows at once i know Mm. amazon prime do release a lot of their shows weekly as well but it just seems to be netflix is the one that does that might be its issue it might be its case of they are releasing too many shows all at once and you binge it and you binge it a day like i watched the recent series of cobra kai and because it's 10 half an hour episodes i was done in five hours and you know people you know as you're saying you you don't want to spend that amount of money a month to watch five hours and then just not be interested in what else is coming up or for something to be cancelled. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but then you've got an incentive to watch it all at once because you're paying monthly. Yeah. So it's eat everything at the buffet mentality, I guess. Like, I think it's having like, you know, the, the, the recent Sp- Space Force TV show, which was cancelled, mm. um, which is frustrating because it ended on a cliffhanger. You, you reduced... They reduced the episode count by three, I believe it was three from ten to it seven. Was yeah. Could could they have not just done a movie, a final movie? Like I, this is a probably another podcast in itself of when it comes to TV shows that are cancelled, they should have an they should actually have an ending. They already did a film of um, the third season of uh, Space Force. It's called Don't Look Up. Oh wow. Okay. Touche. Touche. Yeah. That's. Uh, I'd like for more of a hopeful film to be honest, James. We won't go into that too much, but. Uh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that's a conversation for another, uh, actually a podcast for another time of shows that deserved an ending. I mean, Community, were, or the sitcom, were always joking about having an ending movie that's never materialised, but I think they've all moved on. Fairly I think that, I could see that happening. I could, I yeah. could. I could honestly see it happening in the next five years, to be honest. Like, with the, with the amount of people coming back to TV and everything, and, you know, to all the... That's another big thing as well for streaming and cinema. TV was always you used to be seen as like the the career ender for an actor. Like you you've done your big cinema roles and now you become a TV star. But now TV is becoming so streaming more more so is becoming so big and popular 
that people are going that direction. Like, you know, Henry Cavill was Superman on the, on the silver screen, but now he's Geralt of Rivia on the small screen. But, mm. you know, it's the epicness of that. You know, TV shows like The Expanse, which ended and was brilliant, uh, you know, putting that to the, you know, the silver screen could have worked as a five part movie. But, you know, as we spoke before, it's the breathing room. And I think all these actors going to the smaller screen as well, because directors have started to see the smaller screen as a uh, next viable option. It shouldn't even be classed as a viable option. It's just a good route to go. Because a lot, a lot of people can't afford to distribute their films into all these cinema chains and everything, all all these places. So they go to a they go to a network and they say, "This is what I want to pitch. This is what I want to do." Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I used to work uh, in and around the TV industry, and the industry, the TV industry, and the film industry historically pre-streaming, utterly different worlds. Like the snobbery of going. F- from film to TV, just you might as well have built a brick wall between the two. I don't think this happens anymore. Like this is a huge cultural change from a production side of things. Uh, like massive, massively massive. Because so the the link between like the budgets going to TV are now film level. I mean, of course, there's still like the film snobbery around like old franchises but that barrier has been very much broken down by netflix and others i think um because ironically netflix have got a show coming out about the last blockbuster which i think is hilarious the fact that netflix killed blockbuster and they're doing a show about (laughs) blockbuster now but i think i think the way streaming is going to be looked at now netflix is the grandfather of streaming and it, it might eventually fade off into the night it might still be around for ages to come because they do have a lot of good content and it's like amazing content. I just think they need to refine themselves. They need they need to yeah. you know re- refine. But you have your Apple TVs now, which mm. people thought at first is that going to work, but they've got some really good content on there. You have your HBO Maxes, which unfortunately the UK still can't get. That's another area in question because it's region locking as well. Yeah, I've got a huge issue with this. Like we need. Like people who are running studios need to realize that the internet is an international thing. Like the uh, I think I'm right in saying this is how HBO was um, initially kind of made it big because they you could stream it online at the same time the world over, right? Right. Uh, I don't. I can't was... remember if that was so. Or was it the fact I seem to have a vague memory of HBO being heavily involved in this? Like everyone wanted to watch their show, or maybe they did reach and lock it, so everyone pirated it. So like the first series of Game of Thrones was the single most pirated thing of all time as a result. That was that was probably that was that sounds more likely. Yeah, I I guess people are like trying to carve out territories for themselves, but these territories were first like made when you know VHSs were a thing, and the, the landscape's completely changed and the business and law needs to catch up with it. I know a lot of people will be, you know, again, territory will lose out potentially their monopolies on, say, Northern Europe or something. But region locking content is locking people off from a lot of stuff and is losing a lot of people a lot of money. I do think like when they've, I think once 2025 comes around, I think that will be the I think that will be the turning point of the international market for streaming. Like any streaming service that comes out after that won't try to come into restricting this because obviously HBO is linked to Sky. That's the reason why we're not getting it over here because they've got to deal with Sky and Paramount Plus. I don't know what was going on there with with Paramount Plus, but I know we're finally getting it now, like six months, seven months after everyone else, which is frustrating because a lot of these TV shows are coming out at that time before we're getting it. And, you know, it, to be fair, it happened to the world of cinema. Like, literally, the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once has been in American cinemas for, a bit. I think, about a month before us. And, mm. you know, we get it later. And But I do think, like, streaming might win out in, in the degree of, basically, um, a lot of people will want to go to stream because it's more comfortable. It's more easier to access. It's cheaper, depending on what you get. Because you could, you could, theoretically, schedule all the different shows you want to watch. And just cancel your subscription each time and just, you know, go back to it and just watch it each month and everything and just eventually get to watch everything. 
not for me. I've got every subscription service because, you know, that's how it works for a lot of people. It's just more convenient. I think one thing we never really truly discussed, like going off the whole subscription-based thing, is cinema subscription. So mm. obviously, you know, with Cineworld, you have your, and Odeon, you have your unlimited cards. The View, do, View Cinema doesn't do it here in the UK. Uh, Regal Cinema obviously is part of the Cineworld group in America. But I think this is a way that cinema can continue, like in regards to like, you know, keeping people coming back. Yeah, I did look at this, um, but for a lot of the multiplex chain versions, I th- you really need to go more than once a week for it to be to make financial sense. And I can't guarantee that there's going to be two things a week I want to watch, if I'm honest. I, I think also, like, it depends where you live, because we don't live that close to a cinema that has subscription-based services. If I lived closer to that i'd probably go a lot more and actually because i actually cancelled my card in the end because i just couldn't afford to travel all the time and go there because obviously taking into consideration taking the train all the time to this place you're paying like five six quid just to get there each mm. time it's 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 probably just cheaper to just live near there at the, the, at the time i mean if i won the lottery i just met my own cinema to be honest that's that's how you solve it people win the lottery and build your own outdoor cinema at home that's the best way to go but yep. yeah, no, I just, uh, I, I do think, though, that around this off, though, like, this is this is a weird conversation we've had with people. Hopefully you've enjoyed, you've enjoyed the rambles that we've had with this topic today, people. We didn't really have too much of a structure today. But I think in regards to, like, how streaming is going to go, I think when it comes to this, I think it's going to be a mixed bag. I think cinema is going to be still around, but it's going to be more narrowly specific to certain things, events and major film events. Where streaming is going to pull in a lot bigger crowd because also you had stuff like Amazon buying James Bond and like, you know, Robocop and um, uh, Rocky. Because I, I could see that, uh, you know, I could see a I could see a, a Rocky film coming to streaming instead of cinema. You know, I could see a Robocop series happen, you know, because, mm. you know, you know, the film series, you know, out, outside of that. And, you know, also going to James's point, some people might not just want to go to the cinema because they just go, can't afford it or, you know, it's going to be out soon on TV and they don't care about spoilers as much. So they'll wait like the 45 days to watch it at home, which uh, a lot of cinemas um, companies are doing now. So I think, but streaming though, I definitely think streaming might win out quite a bit in the end because just because of convenience and also it's not seen as a step down for actors and directors anymore. It's seen as another 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 avenue to go down because it's a, it's another route to get financing and it's another place to take your vision essentially or, or act out your vision yeah absolutely it is worth saying that the oscars during the um pandemic did make quite a lot of adjustments to the rules of who could be nominated for an oscar previously streaming wasn't a thing so you to qualify for an oscar nomination you needed to be have a certain amount of days in a cinema which led to an awful lot of indie oscar baity type films paying for local cinema release so these that way these films got sore but that has changed theoretically temporarily i'm not aware of it being changed back yet but you no longer need to have released in a cinema uh, to qualify for an oscar you just need to be a film which led to a lot of a debate about what's a film and uh, there's been a lot of. Um... Did you ever see the Irishman? Um... Oh yeah, the Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, so this caused a lot of controversy. He wanted it to be an Oscar-nominated film. We didn't release it in the cinema. Then they did, and then it was four and a half hours long. And then it was. That's what it... I'm trying to say. It's too long for a film. Yeah, it, it became the centre of um, a major discussion about what is film, like. The industry is having a massive existential crisis over this, or the traditional, you know, like 1930s Oscar, come see my movie picture, see kind of guys struggling to catch up with the way things are changing. I'm still changing. Just looking at like this year's winner, Coda, which won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay, which just shows, goes to show people. Streaming films can work. It was an Apple TV film. Mm. Uh, it had a budget of ten million, and it only made one point six million dollars at the box office. Now, just looking at the screenings, I believe so. Two days after Coda's premiere, um, 
yeah, just with streaming. So the film was released to theaters through the streaming services and all in selected countries on August thirteenth. It only made it made a hundred thousand dollars in its domestic opening weekend. Uh, but Apple spent ten million in the awards, award films awards campaign. Free screenings actually happened for so Apple just gave away the film for free in cinemas. You know, but uh, by March twentieth, twenty twenty two, the film streamed in seven hundred nine hundred and seventy three thousand households in the US, including three hundred seventy five thousand since the Oscar nominations on February eighth. Um, so in the three days following its best picture winning, so three hundred percent in views, and it was also re released in six hundred theaters following the fr- following the, the following Friday after the Oscars. So it just goes to show because because wasn't there another. The net. What was the Netflix movie called that won? Because that that was the first year that Netflix won an Oscar. It was um. I'm trying to remember what it's called now. To be honest, uh, if we go to the old uh streaming service, so it's not the Hurt Locker because that's definitely way way before. Oh, we are way back now, people. Basically, yeah. So looking at Coda though, that won three three Academy Awards. Which I'll be honest with you. I don't see the huge point in the Academy Awards anymore. Like it's 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 an it's it's an institution which just go which does like you know there are some films which I feel should have won, uh, which didn't. But that's just my personal opinion. I don't know how I feel about the Oscars anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more into the Emmys and the uh, you know the Golden Globes and stuff like that. I still follow the Baftas somewhat, but I am Baftas dis- as well. Yeah, somewhat disappointed in the way all of them are going um again i feel like they're probably not keeping up with the way things are actually uh again with their attempted rejections of stream streaming only nominations etc um but i I know viewerships dropped off the oscars massively um i think people's attentions are too divided to worry about six to ten named actors because if you divide attention, fewer people will have seen these people who appear in dress and say, I'm famous, right? Yeah. People have their own smaller influencer types to follow and have their lives dominated by. I do I do think, like, you know, you have your directors going on about how, like, you know, certain film properties aren't cinema anymore. Uh, like, you know, your Marvel films aren't supposed to class as cinema for some people, which I completely mm. disagree with. Uh, if a film is in a cinema and it's been watched by people and it's enjoyed it, you know, it's a, it's a cinema going experience. It is a cinema film at the end of the day. Um, but but I, I still haven't seen that Coda film, again, a streaming movie. It's an entire right thing. I do need to see it. And it'll be really interesting to see, to be honest. Um, closing that out, though, people, we'd love to hear what you think uh, in regards to like how it all goes. Um, just uh, seeing how it goes, though, in regards to everything. Uh, ah, so that was it. Just looking back now, James is uh, wearing his hand as he typed in the chat. It's uh, Roma, the Netflix film uh, Roma. Right, okay. That was actually which Netflix, won, was it? Which uh, won for Best Director. And uh, Jane Champion won for, uh, won for Power of the Dog uh, for Best Director. Uh, Laura Dern won for Best Supporting Actor for Marriage Story. And Roma also won for Best Language Foreign Film for Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, uh, we've they've had they've had oh sorry, and actually going back to one of our first podcasts I believe it is my octopus teacher, which was on one which was on uh Doug one of Doug's uh top lists one for the best documentary feature back in two thousand and twenty one, so uh, that's actually a nice callback to that. So there have been winners, but um, but I believe it was Coda. This was the first film. To win a streaming film to win the best picture at the academy awards and uh yeah i'd just be really interested to see to be honest and i definitely think uh we'll be having some conversations in the future people where how all these different properties are going to streaming services now so you have apple tv having you know all these big properties coming out but also amazon buying mgm studios and having you know your rockies your rain uh, robocops your all the all these properties and Lord of the Rings is a big one, to say the least. You know, having this big Lord of the Rings TV show coming out. Could the Lord of the Rings TV show show you don't need films at the cinema anymore? But we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. But we're going to wrap it up there, people. That was a very free, free-structured conversation today. We didn't uh, sort of go through any specific topics. We just thought we'd have a nice little chat with you, and I hope you enjoy the conversation with us. 
I definitely know uh, me and Fix could have talked about that for longer. James are definitely included when he could. <laughs> uh, but yes, so if you do have any, like, you know, questions, comments, and how you feel about, you know, how this conversation went, do you, do you think streaming is going to replace cinema? Do you think it's a case of cinema will always be there? Are you going to go watch the uh, Summer Game Fest at IMAX? I know I definitely am, Fergus might not. We'll see how it goes, see if I could drag him along. Uh, and then I'll record him cheering when the next bit of video game comes out. I'll just go, I see, I told you you'd enjoy it. But yes, people, I've been your host, Nate. If you'd like to uh, get in contact with us with any questions or queries from today or any past previous episodes, feel free to email us at nmipodcast, that's nmipodcast at outlook.com, nmipodcast at outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at NMICast. You can also search for us on Linktree at NMICast, where you'll find all our social media links, all our streaming links. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. We have now also added ourselves to a multitude, a multitude people of other different streaming services. I'm just going to bring them up now for people. But uh, the multitude streaming services that we are on are basically, we've added them to... Player FM, Listen Notes, Samsung, Podchase, basically any streaming service that you like. If you if we're not on a streaming service that you like, please tell us and we will try to get it on there for you. Right. So uh so yes, but please feel free to email us with any questions or queries and follow us on our social media links. Uh please join us next week as we go into our next topic or topic. Maybe maybe we'll have a new quiz for you. Maybe we'll talk about the recent James Bond films, because that's a topic we'll be having soon. I still need to watch the last Craig two Craig films. The idea is basically that we will possibly review the craig saga and then see where james bond is going to go after that because obviously we've just had some new doctor who news uh who's going to be the next james bond which might be coming soon but i've been your host nate i'd like to thank fergus and james for joining me again today thank you for having me yep cheers well stay safe everyone enjoy your video games enjoy all the lovely times of there maybe get some nice weather go play vampire survivors it's only two pound it's absolutely amazing but yes i've been your host nate stay safe everyone keep safe Bye-bye. bye bye bye